BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Nike Bowerman, a professional runner, also my old roommate in Portland, Carissa Schweitzer, and she just qualified to the Olympics in both the 5K and 10K, so she will be representing the United States in both events in Tokyo. I'm so excited to watch her. I love Carissa, obviously. Living with her was amazing. She's super down to earth. In today's episode, we talk all about her Olympic trials experience and what you know, she's planning for Tokyo, how she's getting ready. We answer a ton of listener questions, <laughs> and some of the questions are kind of random at the end, but it was a really fun episode, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Before we get into the podcast, if you guys have not yet rated and reviewed on Apple Podcasts, it takes 15 seconds and it helps me so much. The more reviews and five-star ratings I get, the more likely people that are like high caliber, high profile guests will want to come on and talk to me and answer your guys' listener questions. So it basically just helps establish credibility. And it's seriously, I'm not kidding. It takes 15 seconds on Apple Podcasts. So I really appreciate anyone that's rated and reviewed. I've also, I also just love to go read the reviews because they seriously make my day and my listeners are what keep me going doing this podcast every week. So if you've already taken the 15 seconds to do that, or if you guys are just dedicated listeners and you listen every week and you tell your friends, family, fellas, whoever, it means so much to me. Truly, I don't know where I would be without you guys. So thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. Inside Tracker can help. Insight Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Insight Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. The thing I love about Insight Tracker is that it is so tailored to you and your data and what you need, and it gives you a plan to work towards optimizing your biomarkers. I've been using Insight Tracker for the past couple of months to make dietary and lifestyle changes. Like my cortisol was so high back in February when I first got tested, and what I've been doing since then is making the dietary changes I need, like adding more salmon into my diet, and honestly just lifestyle changes by sleeping more, meditating, which I never used to do. So Inside Tracker's just been a really big help, and I really recommend it to anyone because it is so informative, and you just never really know exactly what's going on until you analyze your body's data. That's when you can get the clearer picture. Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. And right now, for a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash Emma. That's insidetracker.com slash Emma. Highly recommend. Now let's get straight into today's episode. 
Carissa. It's been, it hasn't been that long actually since we've talked, but it's been a year since you've been on the podcast and a couple of weeks since I've seen you at least since Portland Track Festival. So first of all, as my good friend, congratulations on qualifying for the Olympics. You're an Olympian in two events. How are you feeling about it? Wow. I'm just so excited to be on this podcast. (laughs) That's the best thing that's happened to you this month. Definitely the podcast. Best thing that's happened to me this week. (laughs) But honestly, just riding that high, I still feel like it hasn't um, sunk in yet. So it's been really exciting just um, to say that I've qualified in not only one, but two events. And um, kind of nerve wracking to be like, oh, I got to run that back, but even faster. (laughs) So it'll be it'll be good though I'm excited are the conditions in Tokyo like gonna be that brutal or worse or what do you know um I've gotten a lot of people being like it's gonna be pretty similar and I was like oh boy <laughs> at least you got some good practices <laughs> yes but I hope at least they'll have the races maybe later or something a little more conducive to the heat yeah is it so is it still two rounds of the 5k and then one round of the 10k Yep. Okay. So at least I think it's similar timing too. So I like the spacing is pretty good. Like after the 5k, um, final getting like a decent amount of time before the 10k. Okay. That's good. And a lot of people asked, are you are planning to run both? That is the plan. I wasn't, I was going into the 10k. We were pretty positive that if I got in the top three, I was going to run both. But afterwards, I had to definitely double check before I like told everyone <laughs> that I was running both. Um, so I like I think after the interview, I was just like, yeah, I'm definitely running both. And then I was like, well, I should talk to my coach too. No, but and after like yeah, the traumatic experience, it, so. the traumatic yeah. experience that was that hot 10k. You're probably like, do I want to do both? Actually, knowing know, you, you're probably like, like yeah, I want to do both even more now. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like. I don't know. It's definitely a mix of emotions. Um. <laughs> That was definitely a grind more than I thought it was going to be. But um, I definitely think the heat played a huge factor in that. And um, it was, yeah, it was brutal out there. <laughs> but I'm happy that I was able to close well and um, survive the heat. Yeah. And the 10K, I watched your 5Ks, but I didn't get to watch the 10K. So I watched the replay, but you couldn't even see you for the majority of the time because you just saw Emily Sisson absolutely dropping the hammer, which I'm like, how oh, is yeah. she doing that? <laughs> In the she, yeah, ran literally led 20 laps, and it was just honestly really impressive. Yeah, <laughs> impressive performance, and she really deserved that title and just absolutely demolished everyone. When she made that but, move, when she made that move in the 10k, were you did you even think about going with her, or were you like absolutely not gonna match that pace? So it was kind of like a real, like, I don't know. It was just a mental battle out there with heat. So like the first um, four laps, like were the only part that actually didn't feel hot for me. Um, Cause I dumped like a ton of water on myself. And then after four <laughs> laps, I think I, I just got overheated again. One six of was, the way through. You're like, yes, yes. And that's when she took the lead. So then she took the lead and I was like, Oh no, this is going to be a grind. <laughs> and she's just like, just clicking off 75 and um even just like while I got towards the end of the race there was one point where I thought I had five laps left and it was actually six and it was so disheartening that I actually fell off the train a little bit like it was like Emily Elise and Alicia went around me at that point and I was just like oh man like it's gonna be a battle for fourth out here (laughs) and I was just you know 
going along and the knot lap went by and I reattached myself. But at that point, Emily already started going and it was kind of just like trying to knock it down from there. And I usually like, I think it was like six, 600 to go that I was in third and Jerry just yells at me. He's like, you can get second. And I literally give him the death glare from the race. <laughs> He's like, why do I no. need to get second? I'm <laughs> third. Are you still going to go to the Olympics? Oh, and then I got so concerned that I was like, oh no, they're closing on me. Like basically is he telling me like, if I don't get catch her, these other people are going to catch up to me. So I basically ran like so nervous the last 600, just trying to like lock my spot in so I think that's why my last like closing was so fast because I was just like oh no I have to get second it wasn't like content in third so um but it was good I needed that like extra push for sure because it was just it was hard and it was really hot yeah so between like that six and five laps to go you said that you you know you started falling back how do you recheck in with yourself because I feel like at that moment most people just go out the back but that's what makes you and other really elite runners different is that you can recheck in and like make up that lost ground that maybe you lost for a couple meters. So how, what were you thinking in that moment where you're like, I need, you were falling off and you're mentally like done. And then you recheck in, like, how do you recheck in? Yeah. Um, that one I've done it in a couple races before and it's that it's not, not an easy way to race. You definitely just want to like stay attached the whole time. Cause the second you unattach yourself, like normally what I think is I'm like, it's literally, it's hard for everyone. And once you check out, like, it's still going to be hard for you. It's just going to be 10 times harder because you're not even on the pack. And so and then you I start to pity yourself. Like, yes. I pity myself for just one lap. And then I'm just like, okay, we got to go. Like you got to reattach yourself and just kind of like focus on one lap at a time. Cause when I focus on like five or six laps to go, I'm like, that's so daunting. But when I'm just like, just be here in the lap, like in the moment. And then once you get to like three or like two laps to go, it's like home free. It's like, I got, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> that still seems like so many laps. So many laps. So how hot was it on the track it. when you were running? Because they changed it to the morning, which was a little better for you guys. But I'm sure it was still like, how many degrees yeah. was it? I think it was, I feel like it was 85 maybe when we started, but the problem that, that got me, because even the 5k was like 95, but it was more just like the humidity. Like it was pretty humid that morning. And I don't know if it's just cause like it was in the morning or what, but it just like the heat just like hit you different. Like it was just like a gross, like heat. And like, like I said, after four laps, I was just like, Oh, it feels just like overwhelming. Yeah. Man, I can't like I was looking at pictures of you after <laughs> after the race. The grimace told me the, the whole grimace story. was so bad. I, was like, I literally oh. laid down on the track afterwards, which the track was very, very hot. Yeah, that's but at bad. that point. I I literally was so dead. I never lay down after races either. Like I normally just am on my hands and knees, but that I was like got on my hands and knees and I was like, oh no, I'm going down. <laughs> this, is, this is bad. <laughs> Yeah. What were your thoughts when you crossed the line of the 10 K? It was just, honestly, the biggest was just like excitement that I was able to rally. Um, I know like there's been, there's been a couple practices, even like some races where mentally I just wasn't as strong as I normally am. And I think that like crossing that finish line and knowing what I put my body through, I was just like, okay, normal. Like Carissa is back. Like (laughs) don't have to worry about my mental side right now. Like I, 
dug very deep in that race and I know I can do it again. Um, and so that combined with relief, I was definitely just like relieved that it was like over that I was able to maintain my top three spot. Cause I know that like, even in the final laps, it was just like, this is a grind. And especially when the 5k was already said and done, it was easy to like mentally check out, but I just wanted to definitely finish that race and be happy with it and be happy with the whole weekend. Yeah. A lot of people ask like how for you and Elise, like you already had made it in the 5k. So how did you approach the 10k without that being on your mind you know you step up to the starting line you're like I'm already an Olympian like this doesn't even really matter but at the end of the day like it does matter so what were like tips that you have maybe to like you know combat that thought that you already that's like the complacency of already being on the team yeah yeah um well I think just like even knowing that a lot of like it's it's difficult to complete that double and we both knew that we are capable of it and um, knowing that we just had to like go in and get the job done and not really think about the 5k anymore. Like that's in the past and just like focus on the 10k and focus on like the present right there. Cause there's going to be a lot of people eyeing those spots and people that will definitely go to the well to get there. And so I think we just had to turn on that competitive side again, because it's, if you're racing and you're just like, I already got this one in the bag, like it's very easy to beat. Yeah, definitely. Well, we talked a lot about the 10k, but the 5k, was where you started, you know, started from the bottom now yes. here to, to double <laughs> but 5k. So you, how did you approach, I guess the Olympic trials overall with the 5k, like knowing that was your first event is the 5k also your priority or is it the 10k? Like, what do you prefer? Um, I prefer the 5k just cause I've raced it so much. Um, yeah. the 10k I'm excited about, I feel like there's more potential in there. I haven't raced it that often. I feel like there's definitely a lot of room for improvement on like the mental side on everything just like um how I race it staying more relaxed in the beginning like there's just a lot of room for improvement which is exciting to me and um I've never competed on 10k at the world level so it's like nerve-wracking but exciting as well and I know I need that experience to um be competitive on that level um and then the 5k obviously just I've learn to like just love the 5k and I'm excited to compete on a world level with like after 2020 season being able to run 1426 I mean just shows that I can be up there and be competitive so I'm extremely excited that that's the first event so I can just really be focused on that and then the 10k just whatever I've left and I've even in high school even in college like I've always been able to double back really well and I'm taking that confidence with me because I know that I can lay it all out on the track in the 5k and then I know I'll come crawling back from wherever like the depths of wherever to get back to my spot in the 10k so um I'm excited to double and really excited about the um just the rounds of the 5k and just competing on that world level again what is your thought going to like the first round? Because it's something that you can't, you can't just be like, I'm a shoe in, you know, cause anything can happen. So how do you approach something like that? Yeah. The first round's pretty nerve wracking just because, um, you can be a shoe in, but the, yeah, anything can happen. You can get tripped up, um, and you can get bad placing, but, um, for the trials going into the prelim, the main goal was just kind of like to execute our race plan, which was just to, stay in the top five and really like grind out the last 400, but comfortably, which is like a really weird ask. I feel like, cause you, 
whenever you're racing, it's really hard, no matter what pace you're running to feel amazing. Like if you run like a slow 5k or you run a fast 5k, like they both are going to hurt, like, but it's going to hurt in like a different way. So I think just kind of focus on the prelim and just getting through the prelim is really important and not overthinking it because at times, like, I feel like we were running 75s and I was like, this feels so easy. But then at other times I was like, Oh, I don't know about 75s. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like, yeah. So, um, prelims are always just nerve wracking, but also I think they help like calm the nerves for the final because you get on the line for the final and you're like, I've already like been here, like went through the check-in process, everything. And, um, now just time to go out there and race. Yeah. What is the difference between like a 14, 26, 5k and a 1526? Cause both are very fast. And like you said, they're neither of them are easy, but what's the difference? Um, call me crazy, but I'd rather be in a 1425. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so no one I, other than you. Probably. I know no, no one would say that, but I just like, I love just like being out there and just putting it all on the line. And I really think my kick is the best when I am redlining, which is crazy, but, um, I just, I get nervous in those 15, 26 ones. And, um, like you, I mean, you saw in the final, like we took it from four laps out. And even before that, I was like itching. Like I was like, ah, we need to go. We need to go. Like there's so, there's just so many people. And I know that like a lot of people have really good kicks and I just don't want to be caught up in that. I'd rather yeah. just go fast and see what everyone can do. Do you feel like you're in 1426 shape now? Um, I definitely feel like I'm getting there. If I'm there right now, um, I'm, I, I don't know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you like haven't I, had the chance to try it out yet. I haven't had the chance to try it, but it definitely is the workout that we've been doing. Like, I know that like, I'm definitely close. Yeah. Do you have a chance to medal at the Olympics? I don't know. It's going to be definitely going to be tough. I mean, you like G'day and Stefan, like there's some tough competition and, um, but you never know what's going to happen on the day. And I'm just going to be proud of myself if I can be in contention. I think it's going to be, that was my main thing walking away from Doha is I was mad because there was a lead pack and then there was a second pack and I was basically battling in the second pack. And my goal is like, I want to be in the first pack and see what can happen. Yeah. So that's just your main goal, would you say, for the Olympics in both events or? Um, I think I obviously, I haven't talked to anyone about this. I'm literally just telling you myself. <laughs> I don't even know what Jerry's going to be like. It's okay. But... <laughs> it's just between me, you, and thousands of others. Yes. But honestly, I feel like that's everyone's goal. You want to, like, you want to bring home a medal for USA. And I know it's going to be really tough. I know girls are running 29s out there. Like, it's you know, like, but the heat's going to definitely add a factor to people. And I know that when it counts, like I know I can be there and, um, I know it's going to be really hard to drop me. So I'm just going to try to hang on as long as I can. Yeah. How are you going to prep for the weather? Um, we might be going to Hawaii for a little bit. Can um, I come or yeah. <laughs> it's hey, been, not a bad place um, to train? I know, I know. It's been very like is not booked all the completely yet. So I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but um and Jerry keeps stressing. He's like, This is not a vacation, blah blah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God. And you know, one point he was like, Maybe we shouldn't even like post about it too much because you know, like we don't want people to think we're on vacation. We're like, Jerry, like 
trust me. I think people know we're not on vacation. <laughs> yeah, but... before the Olympics, <laughs> the entire Bowerman team is going on vacation. I'm sure anyone believes that. Uh, he's yeah, he's pretty funny. But um, I think that's like we're gonna train for the humidity there, and then um, I think it's like almost like it's like a day ahead or a day behind Tokyo. So like the actually adjustment period for the time wise would be pretty easy because you fly over and you're like still on kind of like the same time. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that definitely does. Well, that'll be exciting. I cannot wait to do, especially in both events and you and Elise too, just like seeing you guys. It's always fun to see like the duo, you know, the teammates, like either you or Elise, and then you see like all the New Balance girls making it. I don't know. It's just like a different kind of bond. So it definitely, and it helps so much in like those world races. Like you just like have like against international competition and you don't really know where you stack up sometimes, but you know, if your training partner's up there, you're like, I can be up there so yeah. I think it's a good confidence booster and it'll be good for um the new balance girls it'll be good for us it'll be good for like, like there's a couple of training duos actually it's kind of cool to yeah. see that what are you what are you most excited for for the olympics oh gosh I don't know I feel like I've been asked this question but I'm pretty excited I think I could be a part of closing ceremonies so that will be Jerry normally doesn't let people do that kind of stuff, but since the 10K is so late that I think he's going to let me. So I'm very excited to be doing something like outside of just competing there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it'll be fun. I'm just excited to really just be a part of all of it. And it's just like such a surreal experience. I mean, people like have just like going to the Olympics on their bucket list, but actually like racing in it. Like I never even would have dreamt that. So very cool. Yeah. And I mean, you have a very good mentality too, where if it's not like you're just complacent to like be able to just go to the Olympics, you're not just happy to be there. You're like, obviously looking to do well. And I feel like a lot of people going to their first Olympics, it's like, you know, people are just happy to be there and glad that they made the team, but you already have such a mature mindset of that. You're looking to do the best that you can for team USA, like maybe even bring home a medal. Maybe it's because you've already had experience like at worlds and stuff, but I don't know. It's cool to see someone yes. that's like my age be able to accomplish <laughs> big things. I mean, we'll see what happens in Tokyo, but I'm well, yeah, we'll see. Very well. <laughs> but it's nice. Like we, our group is definitely very driven, and we're not just complacent to make the teams. Like I know a lot of people in our group that you always are talking about. Like we want to medal. We want to be there. We want to be in medal contention. You don't want to be off the pack or just excited to be there because at the end of the day, like this is the biggest stage, and you want to compete well. Yeah. Do you feel like you ever struggle to celebrate the success that you have had, like that you're always just looking for what's next and you're just never happy with what you've already achieved? Or is that, do you feel like you celebrate accordingly? Ooh, deep question. (laughs) What can I say? I I asked the hard questions. (laughs) No, I feel like that, like, it's good, but I also feel like I do celebrate like everything, like as it comes, like even just like from, I don't know, state title to national titles to making the Olympic team, I feel like you just kind of take a step back and you're just like, wow, I can't believe that I did that. Or like, look at how far I've come kind of thing. But then obviously you take some time later on and you're just like, okay, what's next? Like, and that's what kind of drives me is the like, what's next part? Because as exciting as all these like accolades are, like if I was just complacent on like, you know, winning a bunch of national titles and then going pro and not doing anything, like I probably wouldn't do anything. Yeah. So um, I think just constantly reaching for more is always a good goal or good, good to have those kind of goals. 
what's like your overall goal as a runner like as a pro runner what do what, do you have anything that's like you know your dream goal that you would love to accomplish in your lifetime wow um, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people will say like world record or like something like that but honestly I feel like world medal like I think that is no one can take that away from you like you get that and it's just like I don't know it's like the biggest stage and you accomplish that like Olympic world medal like that like you'll always have that to your name yeah and I mean before I definitely probably would have said like just making the Olympics but um I think after 2020 and running like in the 1420s it was just like okay like let's have big goals like I don't know (laughs) so it's been it's been fun to just kind of reevaluate, but also like keep yourself in check too. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop. Whoop is a fitness wearable that provides 24-7 personalized insights around your sleep, recovery, and daily activities. So whether you're training for your first 5K or 10th marathon, Whoop can help you train smarter and recover faster so you get to the start line healthy. I am obsessed with my Whoop. I wear it 24-7 and it's completely different than standard GPS watch. Whoop is focused on your body's recovery, and everyone knows that runners aren't the best at taking days off and listening to their bodies. Every day gives you personalized recovery score based on things like resting heart rate, heart rate variability, sleep, and respiratory rate, so you can monitor the changes in your fitness. It's super nice for data-driven people like runners, who I know, you know, we thrive off of data, so if you want that extra recovery data, Whoop is perfect for you. It has built-in features like the strain coach, so you can see how hard you're pushing your body every day and set goals based on your body's recovery. Overtraining and injury are huge problems for every runner, and the most important part of being a runner and your training is being consistent. So Whoop can help you reduce the risks of injury and overtraining by listening to the underlying factors affecting your performance. I also love the sleep coach because it provides you with personalized sleep recommendations based on your previous nights of sleep and how active you were over the course of the day and how hard your workouts were. And you should know that a runner's best way to combat injury is by getting quality sleep. Whoop is offering my listeners 15% off with the code COLDBREW at checkout. Go to Whoop, that's W-H-O-O-P dot com, and enter code COLDBREW at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, and run faster. Get to the start line healthy with Whoop. And you you have to race after the, the Olympics too, right? So until your season I, will I, be I, over? I think so, which is going to be, oof, it's going to be tough to rally for that. But um, there's still like pre-classic is going on. There'll be a few diamond league races. Um, I guess we'll definitely have to reevaluate after that. It's, I mean, this whole process has been like, wow, like, you know, see what we can do at the Olympics. That'd be so cool. But at the same time, we were just like, you have to make it through the trials. Like sometimes the trials is harder than the Olympics. Like it's just like, it's cutthroat. It's like, everyone wants a spot. People come out of the woodworks. I mean, you have to respect so many like of the performances this past week because it was, I didn't feel like anyone was a shoe in Like, it was just, it's crazy. And now that we're there, we can now reevaluate and focus on the Olympics and focus on some fun races afterwards. Yeah, man, this trial's like really just show you, shows you that like anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's scary and it's um, emotional roller coasters that you experience there. Cause you have some people that you're like highest of highs and then you have other people that you're just like so sad for. And it's just like, so yeah. many emotions. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a favorite race to watch over the weekend? Ooh. Oh my gosh. I feel like there is just honestly, I there's a couple. I mean, having watching the guys 10K, it was just like seeing Grant and Woody like 
crush it out there. I was so happy for Woody, so happy for Grant. And just like, they really set the tone for a group for that, the whole meet. I mean, we were just like, they watched them do it. And I know Lisa and I were right next to each other. And we we're just like, we want that. Like, we want that one-two punch. Like, that's so cool. And sharing that moment together. And then obviously watching Sydney and the and Delilah, like, battle it out in the foreign hurdles was incredible. I know, like, Delilah's been through some injury, like, this past. And it's so inspiring to see that. 800 was insane. Like, there's just so many good races that I can't even like pinpoint the men's 1500 like there's just it was crazy <laughs> that was last crazy. night of the trials like I don't think my like I wasn't okay I, I was sleep. <laughs> it, was, it was literally 1 a.m in my apartment I just have a projector I'm by myself in my dark apartment and I'm like just having a heart attack on my end just like yeah. watching these races it was crazy and I was just like on Instagram I was like this is too much yeah it was just too much like going like seeing all those races being on social media I was just like ah yeah and like <laughs> I was, you competing in them too what an emotional like last two weeks it yeah was for yeah you. and then now it's like a reality check you're I'm guessing that you're back at altitude very much a reality check just being up here it's just like you kind of <laughs> like look back, back. And like, did that happen like was that just a dream like this yeah this seems like yeah just back to training but it's I good I think that's I heard that you went back to altitude in the middle of your races. Yeah. Yeah. That was brutal. I still would like to know the benefit of that one. (laughs) (laughs) How many days were you there? Like three, maybe? (laughs) We were there for two nights. Um, And it would probably be a lot better if the travel was easy. But um, we had some hassle with the travel. We had a problem with the rental car. Like there's just like a few things that... And why did we get a rental car? I don't know. We could have just Ubered everywhere. Probably would have been cheaper. Um, but we ended up waiting for like an, like 90 minutes, I think, for to get this rental car. But we did get upgraded to a Mustang convertible. So it was kind of, kind of worth it there. It, was, it kind of felt like we we're like, oh, this is like maybe our treat. <laughs> we yeah. like, a little reward. The universe is rewarding us for something. <laughs> but you. yeah. And then the race being moved to the morning, like just made things more stressful because it was like, ah, oh, we got to fly in. Like it's just, yeah. So that, that was a lot. But um, luckily in Tokyo, he's not, I don't think he would make me fly back to Park City in between. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Honestly, no, no, it happening. Like knowing that, Jerry, that would, <laughs> Jerry probably would make you do. Uh, that would be insane. I will definitely fight to veto that if that's, <laughs> that won't happen. It won't happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah there we go well when do you head out like of park city how many more weeks do you have there until you go to hawaii um i'm not i think we're only gonna have two to three more weeks here and then we'll fly out and then yeah tokyo will come it's, i feel like everything's gonna come up really fast but just gotta get through these three weeks up here yeah <laughs> like last like hard hits of um workouts and then it'll be fun to get some sea level workouts in before um going to Tokyo because I think that's like um the most important part I feel like is just kind of being able to get some of those bigger workouts done it's hard to get those bigger workouts done at altitude because they can take a lot out of you and sometimes your confidence is just like oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah and right now it's like you've already put in all the work so now it's just kind of tuning that confidence and it seems like Mm -hmm. the hard races probably helped you with that mental confidence that you're able to get through it so yeah, I guess it's just compiling that confidence over the next few weeks. Yes, for sure. Just got to get it, get to Tokyo, feel refreshed and ready to go. Yeah. 
Well, I'm sure everyone's excited to watch you. I am, of course. You already know that, though. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA-certified organic meal kit company that makes eating well, easy, and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or just looking to eat healthier like I am, there's a range of recipes to suit any kind of diet or preference. I talk a lot about Green Chef on my podcast because I seriously am obsessed with it. They make cooking easy with dinner options that work for you and your lifestyle, not the other way around. And all the ingredients come hand-picked and delivered right to your door, contact-free. Let Green Chef do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week. It makes cooking so simple and all the recipes they like literally only take 30 minutes to make which is super convenient for my lifestyle you know I'm someone that I cook a lot but I want my meals to be fast and delicious and Green Chef makes it so easy there's new recipes every week so you never feel bored with dinner which is amazing and every single Green Chef meal I've ever made has been honestly some of my favorite meals I've ever made because they are very unique and just so flavorful I can't get over it Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and with their wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I like to switch between the brands just depending on how my taste buds change. If you guys are interested in Green Chef, go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew100 and use code coldbrew100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash coldbrew100 and use code coldbrew100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Now let's get back into the episode. But for this episode, we got so many listener questions, like so many. I think the most I've ever gotten for sure. Um, oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> we can go through them. Okay. Um, we can start off with a banger. The first, first one is, was Emma a good roommate? Yes, Emma was a good roommate. Oh we, didn't, my God. we didn't get to live but together we, that yes. much. I'm gone all the time. I feel like whoever I room, honestly... But we've had a couple of roommates go through, like, with me, Jenny, and Hannah. And then we've had Matt, and we have you, and now we have Lauren. So it's like, ooh, someone's driving. Like, we're driving people away. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, it was definitely you guys that made journey. me move out, for sure. I don't think it's me, since I'm not around that often. Something Hannah and Jenny are doing. Who knows? <laughs> it might be Simba. Or it's Sim- it could be Simba. Yeah. Someone, someone also asked, is Simba devastated Emma moved out? Simba is devastated. He loved Emma's room, so he, he, he really did. Well, he still has my room there. I'm yeah. just not there for him to walk all over my chest. It's, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be the same. Like he he loves Emma and loves Emma's room. Yeah. <laughs> Simba is Carissa's cat, by the way. If you're unfamiliar. Yes. Um. Okay. Enough about me. So but, no. Quick pause about Simba. Apparently, when Hannah was gone for the trials, like they're gone for like four days, I think, or three days. And she left out six bowls of cat food for them. Not not cups. Six bowls. <laughs> it is all gone. Of course it was. It. Of course gone. it was. You should have seen how much oh. how how often Simba and Milo meowed for food. It was nonstop. Just meow, <laughs> meow. So I'm sure those six bowls are probably gone in two days. I would have loved to have put a camera and seen how fast they were gone. <laughs> Me too. I can only imagine. Especially Milo, man. He's always at the bar. Oh, yeah. Milo, Milo loves food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to the cat podcast. Yes. <laughs> okay. Simba what... is my cat for anyone wondering. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um, what one word describes you? Oh, gosh. Um, 
I almost I feel like I might have answered this before, but I'd say determined. I feel like that's just like been kind of like usually it kind of describes most of my running career. Um, there's been a lot of moments where I feel like there's been times that I probably wouldn't shouldn't have done what I did but I feel like I was just so determined to be there and to be a factor that like even just like when I won my first national title I don't think anyone would have said that I was in the contention for winning but I feel like I was just determined to be up there and I wasn't content with anything else so um I think that's definitely the one word that I would say and I went into that a lot I didn't need to go into that as much no I mean that's good I think <laughs> no one's gonna argue with that one after watching that 10K, so. yes okay socks or no socks with spikes oh actually I've been testing this out recently okay. and I did since it was so hot in Oregon I did socks and I like, couldn't decide I did socks before in the 5k prelim and then the like whole second half of the prelim I was like ah my feet are so hot like I'm just so hot and I like, kept thinking about it so then in the final and in the 10k I went no socks and I definitely think that was a win it was just like enough to like feel like I don't know you don't want your feet to be hot like it's just like and the track was so hot that I actually already felt like my feet were like burning by the end of the 10k so I couldn't imagine if I had socks on on top of that yeah I hate that feeling of just like your feet burning up in your socks. Yeah, nothing worse yeah. than that while you're running. Literally nothing worse, especially when you're in a race and thinking about it. I'm like, oh, you know, this is bad if you're thinking about it. Then. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty bad. <laughs> at least you solved your problem. So yes. Um, what inspires you and makes you keep working even harder towards your goals? Um, I feel like that's kind of what we touched on was just kind of like, not being content and just constantly striving for more and um but also knowing like where you came from and like how much like progress you've already made um but yeah definitely just the constant striving for more and seeing what you can do and even at practice like just you know like you know certain workouts and what times you've hit but being like oh like, do you think I could hit this or like just always like squeezing just a little bit more out yeah so like what fulfills you in terms of running? Is it like places is it like pushing your body to physical limit is like being the best? Like what part of it, what part of it brings you joy? Um, mostly just kind of seeing all the hard work come like to play. Like just, I mean, there was just so many difficult workouts leading up to the trials and workouts where I feel like I either mentally gave up or just like physically was just like exhausted and you know people just don't see those and they don't see like that kind of build up and they just get to see like the glamour of like the trials and like those kind of races but there's a lot that builds up into that and when you cross the line at like at the olympic trials it was just like oh my gosh like just so much like excitement but also just relief and i think that's just like why you do it because you're just like i know how much hard work put was put into this and i was able to showcase it on that day i mean you know sometimes that doesn't always happen and you really got to take like cherish those moments because there's sometimes they're kind of rare in our sport. Answer. What is your biggest <laughs> fear? Biggest fear? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, People got deep with these questions. Yeah, so deep. Um, I don't know. You could go really basic on that. Like, I don't know, spiders or like <laughs> sharks or something. Or you could go like um, the fear of just like not being like, I don't know. I just want to like, be happy with whatever I'm doing 
whether that be running or whether that be um, whatever job I have next, just to always like, you know, feel fulfilled. Because I really feel like once like, you're happy and you're passionate about what you're doing, like you work so much harder and you work so, like just you're more successful in general. Mm-hmm. How do you manage to stay healthy and injury free? Um, I mean, kind of like I touched on a little bit earlier is just kind of like still having fun with things and like not being so restrictive on stuff. Um, I really just like when I need that like time off or when I like need to chill out on my training, I usually do take those steps back. And I think that's like really helped me take steps forward later on in my career because being consistent in your training is just so beneficial and it helps you just stack so many seasons on top of seasons. Good answer. Favorite Kodiak product? Ooh. Um, I really like their chocolate chip cookies, which I feel like a lot of people don't know about. And then also they have this new peanut butter maple syrup that is actually amazing. So highly recommend that. Yeah, there was like five bottles at our house and I definitely tried <laughs> fire. Absolutely. Fire. Yeah. Especially if you like peanut butter, like I, I'm obsessed with peanut butter. So yeah, that combo is so. great. <laughs> what is one small thing um, in between college and pro running that made you better? Um, probably just better fueling and, um, the intensity of the training and the mileage, but knowing how to up that correctly. I think it's really hard. Like you definitely have a balance of like, you want to up your intensity, but you also want to up your mileage, but you don't really want to do it too much at the same time, because then you can just kind of get a little burnt out and fatigued. But for me, it was just like, um, in college, I don't think I realized I wasn't eating as healthy as I maybe like, and not just like healthy, but more just like cooking more for myself and, um, eating more at different times. Like, uh, for me, like I lived with Courtney for a little bit before I, um, eventually got my own place. And when I moved out and lived with Courtney and Griffin, they ate so much food that I was just shook like I was actually probably like I was just eating so much that my stomach hurt going to bed because that's what they were doing and I think that like it was kind of just like a refresher because like I don't know sometimes in college you don't see that as often and um at professional level like you just really need to fuel your body you're literally running so many miles and you're doing so many hard workouts that it's so important to go into those workouts fueled and ready to go and like eating like a good like breakfast before workouts like all those kind of factors are huge plays a huge role into your energy levels and being able to recover and all the above and like learning to have a snack right after you run like just like little things like that that I think in college I kind of neglected a little bit more didn't think they're as important as they were and so that I think played a huge factor in like just being in our group setting, like we lived together for like months and we all like cooked together. And it's just, it's kind of just nice to have that and like to all just be able to like, you know, do that together and like um, be inspired by others and how like they train and how they eat and all that stuff. So um, I think that's a really good part of our group. And then the, yeah, the intensity obviously is a huge factor, but I definitely have learned how to 
recover on certain days. I can't like run my recovery runs in, as fast as I did in college. They definitely are a little slower, but I know that's necessary um, for the workouts that we do. Yeah. I really like how you touched on the fueling aspect because I think a lot of people, I mean, it's just like the stigma of the sport, you know, people under tend to under eat because people want to be as light as possible, but every pro runner that I know, like eats just a ton of food because it's like, you're running so many miles and you're pushing your body so hard that it requires so much fuel to stay injury free and be able to recover from workouts. So you heard it from Carissa, who is a double (laughs) Olympian. So, you know, I would listen to, you know, the entire Bowerman track team on something like that. Cause it's like, it's so true. You need fuel to like be able to perform and recover from workouts. So I know like a lot of people listening to me talk, always want to know the most about nutrition and the biggest thing I can recommend is eating enough. So yes. Yeah. Okay. How did you gain a winning mentality so early in your pro career? Ooh, um, probably just being surrounded by people that have that mentality. I think it's so important to, I mean, I really believe that you're going to rise to whatever like level you're surrounded by. And I did that like in college and then on to professional, I knew this group was like extremely competitive, like so, so much talent and it can be overwhelming, but at the same time, inspiring and I feel like I just kind of took that and I was like, okay, that's, that's just what we do at this group. Like we are here to get like American records. We're here to get medals. Like we're not going to be content on just making a team or just, you know, competing on a pro level. What's your favorite and least favorite part of training? Ooh, Probably my favorite part is obviously racing. I mean, wait, was that does that count as part of training? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, just even just like gearing up for the races, it's always fun to like back down your mileage a little bit, do a little easier workouts, feel good about them. <laughs> um, but I also I love the grind of like the hard workouts too, and like finishing them and be like, wow, I can't believe I accomplished that. Um, least favorite would probably be long runs at altitude. <laughs> for some reason it hasn't clicked for me yet not mentally it's just like it's a whole nother beast it's just like it's hot it's like your altitude you just could bonk at any moment you just don't know you'd be out there having a great long run and all of a sudden 30 minutes out you're just like i'm gonna die (laughs) like i don't know if i'm gonna make it (laughs) i gotta stop like it's just yeah that's probably my least favorite and anyone on this team could probably vouch for that but I will get better at them I'm hoping everyone has their weaknesses you know oh yeah but yeah that'll be good (laughs) how long is your long run um it's been up to two hours has been my longest run so are you eating when you're running that far or like drinking water so actually I yeah so I started doing the two hour long runs in quarantine and um I did a lot of them with Kellen actually and who's my boyfriend and he was I was getting so hangry and like like just really grumpy towards the end of them that he started bringing like snacks and like craisins and stuff during halfway and he like forced me to eat them Helen is Chris's boyfriend and we always make fun of him because he's the biggest simp ever he's obsessed with Carissa I can say this because Kellen's one of my good friends too <laughs> Kellen's gonna hate me so, so much this is just going this is just going live to thousands of people but Kellen oh, you are a simp brother but it's good you know 
Ever, I think it's good. You need a simp to carry craisins for you on your cross. <laughs> oh, I just did not want to deal with my attitude, I guess, at the end of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it actually turned out to be really good. So now I do bring some snacks with me on those two-hour runs because I've learned that when I get hungry, I get kind of grumpy. Well, yeah, and that'll probably prevent the bonking, too, if you're... And prevent the bonking, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two hours is a long time on it's, your... It's a long time, and yeah. it can it can get to you. <laughs> well, thank you, Kellen. Yes. <laughs> Sorry for absolutely roasting you. Um, anyway. <laughs> Okay. So uh, he's gonna hate me so much. I just, he's literally gonna hate. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, gosh, where am I? Um, no, I can't focus. <laughs> I can't focus because I'm just. I just know I'm gonna get a text from Kellen. How? How do you deal with self doubt on the track? Hmm. I. I don't. Ooh, that's tough. I think just like really trying to be super confident going into races. Um, I know, like I said, I kind of struggled with it going into the Olympics. And for me, I actually um, wrote on my mirror, I just wrote like, I was like, I'm going to be an Olympian. And I just wrote like, I'm stronger than this. Like all like just like random quotes on my mirror and just saw it every day. And I think that really just helped me know like how hard I worked for this and how um, bad I wanted it. So I think anytime I had any like self-doubt on the track, it was just like, you know what you want. Like you've worked for this for so long and um, just like really working for like being happy with the race and being happy with how like, you know, and you gave it your all that day. Great answers. This should be, you should be a motivational speaker. I say that to everyone, (laughs) but this will be a motivating episode. I know. Um, what's your favorite thing to bake? Ooh, I would say those like caramel brownies. Have you, you have made those? Yeah. I feel like I've made them for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Those are definitely my favorite to bake because I love to eat them. So <laughs> that's you know, why. Who bakes things to not eat them, you know? It's like, <laughs> I, least... I feel like there's people out there that just bake to like, I don't know. Absolutely. Show not. how good they yeah, are at baking. The batch, like, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not yeah, being put to manual labor for no reason, you know? Mm-hmm. That's definitely my favorite thing to bake. Caramel brownies. Maybe I should link the recipe because it's really good yeah actually yeah. i'll make you send me the recipe i'll link it in the show notes so that yes it's <laughs> my aunt becky so i can't take credit for it but <laughs> well there yeah. we go shout out to her okay the last episode or the last episode the last question i have for you will the fitbit make a return to tokyo oh gosh <laughs> uh, no it probably won't <laughs> that was um yeah my whole college team made fun of me for that after just pictures of me winning nationals with my Fitbit <laughs> it was, had to get the steps it was trust me if you were like racing or running during that time it was a trend for sure like people I did that I had a yes, Fitbit. yes okay and my whole team had them like we were just obsessed with like just the steps and everything which was really dangerous because I feel like on times when we should have been like more recovering you'd be like I can walk to class like instead <laughs> yeah, of driving to class steps. because I need to get my steps <laughs> it was just yeah runners too because it's like you don't need any more steps in the day probably you you really don't and now being a professional runner I am probably the laziest person outside of running so um, you you don't want to get your extra steps 
Oh yeah, no. And everyone, I think everyone in our neighborhood knows that. Like when there's like, yeah, don't ask for us to go on a walk because I will not. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe in the fall. Yeah. But yeah, like when when Ryan was living with us for a little bit, he would go on these like walks at night and he was like, Yeah, it's like good for your legs. Like it'd be and there's like, no, we're not going. <laughs> it's just <laughs> poor Ryan. <laughs> poor Ryan. Hopefully he listens to this. I don't know if he will. <laughs> Ryan won't listen to this. <laughs> no. Shout out Ryan. Um, I love how we're also talking about our friends, like everyone should know. Who yeah, they are. Like anyone <laughs> Yeah, anyone is knowing who any of these people are or your cats. I mean people might know your cats. <laughs> This also just feels like we're having a conversation, though, too. So I that's know. why I feel like I keep getting distracted. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe people will find it funny. I don't really know. I honestly don't know what people find funny. And I never know I why people know listen either. to the podcast anyways. Because I'm like, is this too niche? Like, Do people know what I'm talking about ever? I guess they do because they keep coming back and listening. But <laughs> they keep coming back. <laughs> I wonder Shout if, like, out to the real ones. Well, okay. Is this like, I wonder if this is like someone's first time listening to this podcast, like what they think, you know, like, are they like, this is not what I was expecting. Like who, who is Kelly? Who is Ryan? Who is Simba? You know, it's always interesting to me. I'm like, is this what Who is Carissa? Say? What is this? Yeah. Who is Carissa? <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of funny. Like the running world is so, it's like big, oh, but yeah. small. it always confuses me. But don't worry. I'm spreading the word about you. And this podcast will only lift you up the map even obviously anyway what a mess of this episode at the end really (laughs) hopefully you don't have to do too much editing (laughs) okay well to wrap wrap up where can people follow you because i'm sure everyone already does i say that at the end of every episode but i really do feel like everyone probably already follows you especially because you've already been on (laughs) but where can people follow you at Instagram, Twitter. Don't really recommend TikTok, but you can do that too. <laughs> hey, you've been going viral a little bit sometimes. Oh, oh yeah, I've kind of stepped away, but <laughs> lots of cat stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I'll link them all in the show notes. But thank you for taking the time. I know this was literally just like a, a update FaceTime call for you and I, but hopefully the, <laughs> everyone listening enjoyed as well. So I hopefully they find this interesting. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Um, to end the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It was great talking to Carissa. It's been a little while since I've had a long conversation with her just because, you know, she was gone for a big majority of the time that we lived together, which was sad. But it was good to catch up, and I'm so proud of her. She's honestly one of the hardest working people I know. So her double Olympic qualification was well-deserved. And you guys know I will be rooting for her in Tokyo, of course. And I hope you guys do too. So thank you guys again for listening. Don't forget to rate and review if you enjoy the podcast. Also, just share with your friends, your family, your favorite fellas, because word of mouth is great as well. Like... I feel like that's how people find out about podcasts. They just spread it through word of mouth and it helps me continue to make them for you guys. So follow our Instagram at combos over cold brew pod. If you want to be up to date or submit listener questions and yeah, I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out fellas. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.